Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Oh, welcome. Uh, glad that you are continuing to uh, join us. If you're very first week, again, a welcome. Glad that you're jumping on with us. As we get rolling today, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been confused? I'm pretty sure we've all been there. You know, you're, you find yourself in those circumstances, in those situations where you don't exactly know what is happening. Or, or maybe you're having a conversation and, and you think you're being crystal clear, but the other person is like totally not understanding and you're confused. And I don't know about you, but, but confusion is kind of unsettling, right? There's this, this moment where you're like, okay, now what do I do next? It, it, it can be sort of frustrating. Uh, for myself personally, um, I'm in the teenage years with my kids. And let me just say, there are moments of confusion on both sides where I'm talking with my kids or they're talking with me and there seems to be a miscommunication. There seems to be a sense of confusion. But have you ever considered that confusion, as unsettling as it is, might actually be a gift. Because it's in these moments of confusion that it forces you to dive in a little bit deeper to get clarity. Or you just move on. What about, what about when it comes to faith? Have you ever considered that confusion is in some ways a necessary part of faith? I mean, there's times when I'm confused about what my kids are doing. There's times when maybe my kids are confused with what I am doing. When it comes to faith, when it comes to not a religion, but rather a relationship, I think we have to be prepared to recognize that there's going to be moments where we are confused. For some of you, maybe you're landing in a place of, there's a sense of confusion around this person, Jesus. Like, like, who exactly is Jesus? You, you've heard different things, you, you've seen different things, but, but who exactly is he? For others, maybe your confusion is not who Jesus is. You're, you're kind of locked in on that part. Your confusion is, if Jesus is who he says he is, then, then why are some of these things happening in this world? Or put even more personally, why are some of these happening to me? We're continuing in our series called Encounters with God in unexpected places. And I think sometimes the places where we meet God the most are in these moments of confusion. So as I have the last couple of weeks, I'm going to ask you again, would you consider, as we think about this, this element of confusion, of making it personal? In a moment, we're going to, we're going to read a, an account of Jesus' life where he would have had an encounter with many people. And I think one of the underlying themes would have been one of confusion. But can you start to see yourself in the story? This week is the beginning of, of Holy Week, um, the time we journey closer and closer to Jesus' death and then resurrection. It's, it's the time when, when Jesus enters into Jerusalem and the place goes absolutely crazy for him. I'm going to read it for you in a moment. But as I do, can you start to see yourself in the story? Like, imagine you are there on the streets as Jesus is entering. So let me read it, and then we're going to come back and, and talk a little bit about it. The encounter comes in Matthew chapter 21, beginning with verse 1. And this is what we read. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethpage on the Mount of Olives. 
Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks you what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Praise God in the highest heaven! The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? they asked. And the crowds replied, It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So there's a situation, and, and it must have been amazing. So the circumstance was this. On Holy Week, pilgrims, thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people would journey to Jerusalem in order to celebrate Passover. So, so imagine Jerusalem just bursting at the seams. There are people coming from afar. And there's this event. When Jesus enters Jerusalem, and they fill the street. Like, listen, listen, this, this is not some small parade where there's a couple hundred people. Like, hundreds of thousands of people would have been there. And, and there would have been some amazing things happening. They, they would have been shouting praises to God. And then they'd be doing something rather particular. They would be taking off their cloaks, their jackets, and laying them on the dusty, dirty road and palm branches for Jesus to walk over. It was a scene fit for a king. When I think of the story, and I imagine myself in the story, I, I think of myself as a dad with, with one of my kids, one of my young kids, and putting them up on my shoulders so that they can get a better view. But imagine if you were one of those people there. You're, you're, you're looking around. You're, you're beginning to wonder, just, just who is this person? You see, there, there would have been a ton of excitement, but I also think there would have been a great deal of confusion. And I say that for two reasons. The first is the crowd was wondering, the, the people were wondering, not like a handful of people, but thousands upon thousands, like who is this guy? Like, like who is this Jesus that, that, that draws crowds, that people praise God, that people literally ruin their clothing for him? Like who is this guy? Would have been confusion. The second reason is around what was happening. Because in the matter of days, this crowd who hailed him as king would be screaming for his death. I mean, if, if you're somewhat familiar with the story of Holy Week, you know that Jesus enters being praised, but within days, they're hailing and screaming for him to be crucified. Now, if, if you're the dad with the kid on your shoulders, you're probably looking around thinking, like, what is happening? What is going on? Or imagine you're the disciples. You're those that are closest to Jesus. 
You, you have no confusion over who he is. You know who he is, and you're thinking on the Sunday, yes, Jesus is finally making his move. And then in a matter of days, the tables are totally turned. Like, can you imagine as a faithful follower of Jesus, you're looking around like thinking, Jesus, Jesus, what are you doing? What is going on? Confusion must have been rampant that week. So back to us. How do we begin to view our lives? When it comes to your view of Jesus, is there some confusion? Do do you sometimes wonder, like, like who exactly is Jesus? Is he a prophet? Is he a teacher? Is he a miracle worker? Like, is he is he God? Like, like who is he? Or, or maybe your confusion is not on who Jesus is, but, but what is happening in this world or what is happening in life? I mean, if Jesus is who he says he is, then, then why are all these difficult things continuing to happen? Like, seriously, if God is in control, like, what is going on? Can I make a suggestion? Can I suggest that we don't actually hide from our confusion, but actually be honest and open and say, listen, I I don't understand what's going on. When I think of my conversations with my kids and there's, there's confusion, one of the best steps to take is when there's misunderstanding, when there's confusion, is just to stop for a moment and acknowledge, listen, listen, <laughs> we're not pulling in the same direction here. Like, what is going on? on. You think, I think sometimes too often we, we try to pretend like we're not confused. We, we try to pretend like we have it all figured out. And that's people who believe in Jesus or don't believe in Jesus. We, we, we want to pretend there's, there's no confusion. There's, there's, there's no questions in my life. And maybe we need to stop doing that and just be honest and authentic and say, listen, I have no idea what's going on right now. So let's take a moment to just look at those two questions. The first one being, like, honestly, who is Jesus? Maybe for some of you watching today, you're like, that's the question I'm wrestling with. Like, I hear some people talk about how he's a great teacher or or a miracle worker. I, I hear different religions and different faiths talk about Jesus in different ways. So who exactly is he? I mean, that was the question that was first being asked as Jesus entered into Jerusalem. They're, they're like, who is this man? And what's interesting is an answer was given. And the answer was truthful. It just wasn't the entire truth. What do I mean by that? Well, when people say like, who was this? The answer they're given is, this is Jesus, a prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Okay, they got his name right. They got some of the things he did right. They even got where he lived right, but it wasn't who Jesus ultimately was. Let me explain it this way. Imagine you saw me walking down the street, and you turned to someone, you said, hey, who is that? Who is that guy? And they said, oh, hey, that's Joel. He's a pastor. He lives in Paris. All of it is true, but it's not ultimately who I am. I mean, they're, they're missing something that's critical. They're missing my identity. 
They're, they're, they're missing what is most important to me. They're missing who I really am. Sure, that's my name. Sure, that's my occupation. Yes, this is where I live. But they didn't talk about how I'm a follower of Jesus, how I'm a husband, how I'm a father. That gets at the heart of who I am. And as you start to look more closely at Jesus, you realize that, yeah, he was born in Nazareth. Yeah, he did some rather incredible things, but he is so much more than a prophet. He is so much more than a teacher. He is God in the flesh. Like, that is the difference maker. That is why lives are being changed. If he was anything less, none of this, none of this would be worth it. Now you're saying, well, wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. How do you, how do you know this? Well, there's, there's a number of places we could turn, but there's one amazing conversation that Jesus ha- has with the high priest, he, a guy by the name of Caiaphas. You see, the religious leaders were trying to trump up charges to get Jesus condemned and crucified. So they, they had to kind of bring some false witnesses together. And they have all these witnesses come forward and literally none of them have anything credible to say about Jesus. And so here Jesus is standing before the high priest. And the high priest says to Jesus, well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus remained silent. Then the high priest said to him, I demand in the name of the living God, Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. It's right there that the high priest is asking Jesus, do you think you're God? And I love it. Jesus breaks his silence. He says, you have said it. Basically, Jesus is saying, yes, I am God. At that point, the high priest tore his clothing in horror and said, blasphemy. Why do we need any other witnesses? You have all heard this blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they shouted. He deserves to die. You see, if Jesus would have just laid claim to what people identified him as, as he entered into Jerusalem, as a great prophet, the religious leaders likely would have let that go. They had no issue with that. They realized that he taught in a way that no one else taught. But by Jesus making the claim that he was God, it was that which put him to death. But it's the very fact that Jesus was God, that he died and then he rose again, that we have hope. Not not just simply because of his teachings, not just simply because of where he was born, but because of who he was, the Son of God, our Savior, our Lord, the one who gave his life for you and me. So, so, listen, I get it. I may not have cleared up all of the confusion for you here today, but can I ask, in the midst of your confusion around who Jesus is, you You can either move on and not really be satisfied, or you can dig in. Begin to look for who Jesus is. Begin to to jump into the Bible and to see, okay, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? And allow that to be the authority on who he is.
Listen, something we do as a church is we run these Alpha Film series. And it's a great series that, that talks about who Jesus is and some of these important questions. So we just started one two weeks ago. And, and normally we don't do this, but I asked the leaders and they said, yeah, 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 we, we can have a few more people jump in. And so if this is a place that you are, I'm speaking directly to you. If you're wrestling with who is Jesus, email Bruce, email Bruce. He will get you connected with this Alpha Film Series group and it's going to be life changing. Listen, don't wander from your confusion. Don't sit in your confusion. Look for clarity. By digging deeper with Jesus. You see, because if Jesus was who he claimed to be, God, then this, this changes everything. But I know some of you are sitting there watching thinking, okay, Joel, I'm, I, I'm with you. My, my confusion is not around who Jesus is, but, but rather on what is happening, what is going on. I mean, if Jesus is God, if Jesus is in control, then, then why am I facing such difficulties in the midst of life? Again, imagine his disciples. They, they must have been completely blown away, completely confused at, over the fact that Jesus, you, you could put an end to all of this. Jesus, why are you allowing them to, to falsely accuse you? Why are you allowing them to condemn you? Why are you allowing them to beat you and to, and to put you to death? Jesus, put a stop to it. Jesus, we know you're God. Why? 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 But they had to sit in their confusion. And maybe you can relate. Maybe there's moments in your life where you are confused, where you're thinking, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? What is our response? Have you ever considered that perhaps it's in this confusion that God is inviting us to wait patiently Upon him. You see, the disciples were confused because they didn't see the entire picture. A second conversation that Jesus has while he's being arrested is with the top dog, a guy by the name of Pilate. He was the Roman governor over the entire land. He was the built, he was the one who had the ability as to whether Jesus would live or die. And Pilate too was confused because he saw these trumped up charges. He examined Jesus and he realized this is ridiculous. This man does not deserve to die. And so Pilate calls him in and begins to ask him questions and Jesus remains silent and Pilate is frustrated. Here's the conversation. In John 19, it says, why don't you talk to me, Pilate demanded. Don't you realize that I have the power to release you or crucify you? Then Jesus said, you would have no power over me unless it were given to you from above. Whoa, seems so subtle, but essentially Jesus is saying, make no mistake, <laughs> I am in control. What is happening is happening because I am allowing it to take place. You see, the disciples were confused because they didn't see or realize what Jesus was doing. That Jesus was not giving of his life because he lost control, but rather because he was in control and he knew what was required for us to be restored to God, for us to be forgiven. And it was the greatest moment of power and love and strength by Jesus going to the cross and dying for you and me. 
It was this act that was born out of a place of confusion that began the greatest movement in the history of this world, a movement that is growing and continuing to change lives. It was later that the disciples started to realize and landed a place that they too were willing to give up their lives because of Jesus. So as we wrap up, where does your confusion lie? Is it in the person of who Jesus is? Or maybe there's confusion around the circumstances that you face. One lesson that I learned in life is that when it comes to relationships, when I'm confused with what is happening with someone else, it doesn't benefit the relationship for me to just step away. But to take the approach, to admit I'm confused, to dig in, to get even greater clarity. How much more so is this true with Jesus? In your confusion as to who he is, or in your confusion perhaps in what is happening, will you take the time to push into Jesus? It, it may require you to be patient, but in doing so, you will encounter God in some of the most unexpected places, moments of confusion that will lead to life change. Let me pray. And so, Lord Jesus, I just pray for those watching right now that I can't see them, but God, you see them, and you know what, what they are dealing with. May you continue to speak into their situation. Maybe it's confusion over Jesus, who you are, or, or maybe it's confusion over the circumstances they are facing. God, may they know your presence. May we take these steps of faith that even in moments of confusion, we don't step away from you, we step towards you so that we too can experience your profound grace in our lives. For we ask it, Jesus, in your name. Amen. And so I hope you'll continue to join us. I hope you join us next week as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus and the amazing hope that we have in the midst of life. And so now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Now may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious towards you. Now may the Lord meet you everywhere, even in your confusion, and grant you clarity and grace today and in all your tomorrows. Amen. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. 
If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, We have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.